You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Savage Arms. We all know that the human body comes in all different shapes and sizes. However, most firearms do not. That is why Savage Arms has rolled out their AccuFit system on the 110 platform. AccuFit uses interchangeable components that allow hunters to custom fit both comb height and the length of pull without taking their rifle to a gunsmith. In fact, the only tool you need is a Phillips head screwdriver. If you want to find out more information about the AccuFit customization system, visit savagearms.com. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. Brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Hopefully, everybody's had a good week. We have another awesome Friday BS session coming your way. Today, we're going to be talking with a fellow Iowan. His name is Wade Borman, and uh, it's just a good old-fashioned BS session, right? Uh, just another guy who loves hunting and fishing and the outdoors and all that good stuff and uh, that's what today's podcast is about i'd like to say that there's a specific topic that we talk about but there's not and that's what makes these bs sessions so great we kind of just shoot from the hip and go wherever the conversation takes us um and that's and that's what today's episode is about real short intro right but before we get into the the actual podcast here we're going to do a couple uh couple commercials and that is first one wasp archery now you've heard me talk about wasp several times these guys are an american company right american-made products Uh, maybe not all of their products right now but a majority of their products are made in the united states i am a huge fan of these uh, of these broadheads for several reasons but uh, one is the material Um, there's a guy who works there his name's fred doherty and he's been on the podcast several times to talk about um you know the makeup and design and all that stuff of their um you know of their heads and it's the best materials with the best design and engineering and you put it put that all together and then you have just a really awesome broadhead um they have fixed blades they have mechanicals and uh they all perform absolutely awesome wasp has been on the tip of my arrow for almost i'm not not every deer but almost every deer i've ever killed and uh it's gonna be on the tip of my arrow uh, until further notice you know what i mean so um just an awesome company with awesome products uh awesome people who work from them uh who work for the company so uh definitely a, a broadhead that you need to look into 
my two favorites on the mechanical side, the Jackhammer uh, that's uh, tested and true, the Boss 4-Blade for the uh, fixed blade head. Uh, love that one. Tons of penetration on, uh, on my arrow setup with that, you know, delivering the, the kill. Uh, so go check it out. I got a discount code for Wasp, and that is nine fingers 2020 that's nine followed by the word fingers 2020 and uh that's 20% off your purchase uh, next company up on the commercial slot today is vortex optics man <laughs> these guys they're just cool i love talking with uh, these guys these this company cares right they're not a company that just just taking money right they want to educate people. They want to get new uh, shooters. They want to get new hunters. They are actively seeking and creating content to help. Uh, what's the word here? To, to help expand the, this community that we have and bring new people in and educate people on how to shoot and hunt better. Right. So um, keep an eye out on, on the vortexoptics.com website because there's a lot of cool things and, and on their social media platforms, there's a lot of cool things coming down the pipe from them. I'm actually in May going up to their offices. I'm going to be creating some content up there, taking a tour of their facility. So keep an eye out for, for that. Uh, these guys have a full lineup of apparel that you can go check out. And, uh, and as far as new products are concerned, I've noticed that they have a couple carbon tripods that I'm excited to test out this fall when I go out to South Dakota and I go on my elk hunts again because uh, I love, like, it's, a, it's just an accessory that sometimes they can be really heavy and sometimes they can be really light. And sometimes they can be built really crappy, but Vortex has solved this problem with a couple of the tripods that they that they're going to be offering this year, and uh, I'm excited to try those out because uh, there's nothing worse than trying to spot up uh, a mule deer from a mile away on a really shitty <laughs> uh, tripod. So again, Vortex is going to uh, solve that problem. So if you want to find out more information about all the optics and optics accessories that these guys offer, visit VortexOptics.com. Those are the commercials. Now let's get into today's BS session with Wade Borman. Three, two, one. All right, on the phone with me today after about 32 years of trying to get uh, this episode <laughs> sc scheduled, Mr. Wade Borman. How are we doing? Hey, Dan, not too bad. How about yourself today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Um, first off, you're, you're an Iowa guy too, right? Yeah, yep, yep. Actually, uh, Eastern Iowa here, uh, born and raised, uh, Bellevue. So it would be uh, south of Dubuque, about uh, 25 minutes. Yeah, I, uh, I used to drive through Bellevue quite a bit. Uh, I used to live in Comanche on the east side of the state. And, oh, uh, yep, so I would go up through Bellevue to wherever, you know, between Davenport and Dubuque and up to northeast Iowa to go fishing and, and whatnot. So I know that area pretty well. I, I saw on your Instagram uh, that it, you have a, a new office or a new house that overlooks the Mississippi. Both. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's obviously a good river town, but uh, yeah, the new office location here is right on the river. Um, we actually, the house isn't built yet. Uh, we just purchased the land here about a year to two years ago. The house will hopefully be breaking ground in the spring, next spring, not this coming spring, the next spring. 
Um, just with COVID and everything going on, prices are so high on everything right now. So we're hoping maybe wait a year, it'd be a little cheaper. Who knows? Yeah. That's that sounds like the thing for everybody, right? I had to let my daughter, my daughter down because I went to uh, the lumber yard the other day and I was quoting, trying to, I'm going to build my kids lofts for their bedrooms. And oh, sure. I saw lumber prices. I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> like I am not going to build you guys a loft. Like I promised, you know, first strike out for dad. You know, I, it's always kind of shitty when it, the dad goes, yeah, I promise I'm going to do this. I promise I'm going to do this. And then I saw the lumber prices and I'm just like, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to hold off and I'll get it to you, you know, maybe in six months or whatever, but yeah, everything's expensive. They are. It is. It is. So you got any kids? I do not yet. Actually, I just got married last year. Oh, okay. Uh, so we're working on that yet, but, uh, um, that is in the, uh, that's in part of the goals for the year. Let's put it that way. There you go. How old are you? I'm 31. 31, man. I think I was still getting blackout drunk every night when I was 31 years old. Like I still am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not feeling too hot right now for this podcast. I'll tell you, it's been a long day. <laughs> there wasn't even any football yesterday. What did you do? Oh, no. My buddy from my hometown, he decided to come up. Let's have some beers for breakfast. And his uh, oh, his uh, better half came along and so did mine. And we got into some scotch. We got into some whiskey. We had some beers. Then we went to the bar and. We were in bed by 6.30, let's put it that way. Hey, I tell you what, I miss that kind of freedom, but I don't miss that kind of hangover. Oh, it's, it's yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't know. A lot of learning. A lot of learning. Especially, I tell you what, what's going to happen is you're going to come across today when you have kids, and I had to learn this lesson the hard way, right? It's like, oh, man, I got a young child. He's in bed. It's six, you know, six thirty, seven o'clock at night. I can, I have the next however many hours to myself. So it's like, oh, I'm going to have this beer. No, I'm going to have another beer. You know, oh, this movie's on. Well, might as well have a beer with this movie. And then next thing you know, you're out in the back deck, you know, playing Skinnered and, and grilling. And, oh, there's a bottle of bourbon here. Let's get into that. And then 530 in the morning, your kid wakes up and you went to bed like an hour ago. <laughs> it's just the next day you're done. And so I've learned my lesson to uh, not drink and, unless I'm by myself or at my parents' house where I can pass my kids off to the grandma and grandpa. It makes me laugh because I tell you what, if I just stick on beer, I'm fine. Yeah. The second I put liquor right after having a bunch of beer, <laughs> it's not going to be good for me. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you, man. Well, I tell you what, this isn't like an intervention or anything. So let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about uh, some deer hunting, man. Uh, how was your season this year? Uh, that actually had a great year, um, outstanding. Yeah, I couldn't complain. The weather was perfect. I mean, I truthfully, I mean, I got uh, I got on my uh, uh, my buck that I want to get on. You know, uh, Captain Coke. Uh, I really wanted to, and with what, how this works is so, um, with a lot, you, you probably know this, but a lot of people in Iowa don't, but, uh, I have my, I have, an, I have a landowner tag. So yep. I shot him off my own land, which was, um, awesome. I mean, yeah. I only have, you know, 30 to 40 acres out there, but it's in the middle of, of, of some really good hunting along the river up there. And, uh, been watching him actually for almost two years since I've owned it. So, um, Another goal of mine I had for this year was then or last year was uh, uh, just to get on the river and go down to an island, climb a tree, and hunt. 
don't know anything about the, where I'm going and just climb a tree. And that's what I did and succeeded that first morning I went out and did it. It was uh, a pretty good feeling. And I did end up having about 30 bush lights after that. <laughs> that's the, that's the celebratory right there, right? It was, uh, it was a, actually, I'll tell you what, the, shot the biggest buck of my life last year um, on my own property, which is a good feeling. Yeah. But for some reason, that river hunt, I mean, he was only in the 130s. But boy, oh boy, that, that hunt was, to me, was more fun than anything. I think it was just the experience, um, not knowing what I was doing, where I was kind of going, really. I just looked at on X a little bit, but just jumped on an island, and a doe ran right by me, and it wasn't long, and he came right after and kind of shot him off the dike and put him in the boat and went back home. Man, I tell you what, I went up, I mean, a one of the northern pools right before the Minnesota border. No, it was the next pool down uh, uh, on the east side of Iowa. And me and my father-in-law were out there. We got out there early one morning, and this was in the summertime, I'd say late July, early August. And we're cruising down the river going to uh, catch bass or um, walleyes or really whatever's biting. And I see something swimming in the river in, in some of this backwater. I'm like, what is that thing? And I, we get closer to it, and it's probably a, a 140, 135 class whitetail swimming from the mainland into one of these islands. And it really had me thinking, like, these deer are, are like, they, they'll do anything to get out of pressure. And it's amazing. And, and, they, and they can have enough food and water and, and whatever to, to live out there all year round unless it floods and you know, even when it floods they can swim right across the river and then swim right back whenever they want it, it just blows my mind yeah we have a few videos actually of uh i got them on my phone there somewhere but uh a few 140s are swimming across the middle of the channel yeah and uh we're missing with the boat you know it's just like it's crazy how you know what they go through and, and what they can actually do yeah and so uh, i always said to myself uh, you know, one day I want to get out here and just put a camera up, do some scouting just to see w- what's out there. Did you know when you like did that hunt, did you know that there was deer out there? I mean, have you hunted Island, the, these islands before? I have never, um, hunted an Island before. I, it's not even, I shouldn't even say it this way, but, uh, so where this is at, it's kind of on the backside, um, of some public access, but it's, it's, it's all the way back. I mean, it's against the river. I mean, yeah. the only way to do it is by boat. And that time of year, it was, I mean, it was, I think it was a high of 20, degree, 20 degrees that day. So I was, I knew I was probably the only one out there. There's not too many diehards that go out there and do that. And uh, no, I didn't know the area at all. I just went in the dark and hopefully was going to find a good, nice, straight tree to climb. And I did. And <laughs> I mean, right. it was all pretty much luck. But I mean, that was just such a fun hunt. And I've, I've learned a lot. But I, again, this year, I'm going to do that again. I'm going to go down river. I just, I'm hooked. That stuff was, that was just a fun, awesome hunt. Yeah. I mean, before kids anyway. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's one of those things though, where it's just something different, right? Like I'm to the point now, um, like I think I'm one big buck away from my main farm, you know, cause I, I, I figured all, I figured out the pinch points, you know, there's just some micro adjustments that are needed every single year, right? The, maybe, uh, there's a thick spot that grows up and the does will bed, you know, a little bit different of an area, but for the most part, the terrain is the same. So over the past eight years, I've really figured out my main farm as far as deer movement is concerned, but going to a new place, I don't know. There's just something interesting about, and I don't know. 
that chess match we always talk about, right? It's like, I want to do something. I want to try something different. And, uh, um, I don't know. I have a buddy who lives up in North Dakota and he is, he's a water access guy too. He backdoors all this public land that's along uh, the Missouri river. And he goes up and he kills big deer every single year, uh, on a boat. I think his goal now is to kill a deer, uh, and put it on a jet ski and drive it back to the boat landing. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah, that'd be cool, I guess. I, I couldn't get all my gear on a jet ski. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So um, I want to talk a little bit more about this. What drove you to hunt on one of these islands? So I've, I've really just been, I, I don't know, I just, I've really been wanting to test myself, my limits. I'd really just want to try something outside the box. What I really want to do, though, is get away from it all. Yeah. I think that was the main thing. I want to get away from everyone, everything. I want to be as far as I can, but being obviously close to home. But I want to be as far as I can away from everybody and see if I can see in these, you know, big river buck or, or do whatever. I didn't have any cameras up, but um, I'll be out here once it gets a little bit warmer. I'll be out here putting cameras up out there for sure. Yeah. Um, those cell cameras gonna be great for that because I'm not gonna be able to get out in the river and check it all the time. So yeah, uh, unless it floods, that's that'll screw up the entire fall. Right. Um, that, but uh, yeah, I just it was just a just a learning experience. I want to go do it, and I've put my mind to it and I went and did it and got lucky on the first day, I guess. So, um, I don't think next year will be like that or this year, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. Was this a, a true run and gun hunt or did you end up uh, doing any type of scouting before the, on this piece before the season started? I, so I scouted, it, it's a, it's a huge piece. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it actually connects to the Poker river as well. So it was, it's really big, but, um, I scouted, most of it, if I was coming from land, um, if I was coming from like a gravel road um, access uh, a different way, but I decided this time, I said, I want to go on the backside on the river, but I didn't have really any time to scout. So I guess I, I guess I just did run and gun and, and climb the tree. I didn't get up. I don't even think I got up 10 feet before that deer walked out in front of me. Dang. And it was just, it was just right, you know, in daylight and yeah, he just was on the dike. What was the, uh, what was the, um, terrain like in there, just straight flat, straight flat, um, marshy, just, yeah, ugly. Uh, you know, someone from the South would love it, but it it, it's not nothing like, you know, our timbers, it's all just flooded timber and it was dried up, which was good. But, uh, you know, it, it just, it was old and gray and cold. I can tell you that. Yeah. So, um, so it was, straight luck right i mean it was just a a doe a hot doe coming through and this buck was right behind it yeah i mean it was the heart of the road i mean i like i said i didn't scout or anything and that was the whole thing i just want to see what what what, what am i going to see here i don't even know what i was going yeah. to be doing so um you know i don't know what's in the area you know it's that big you know you might get to be shooting at illinois deer you know they're coming across the river and they're chasing a doe across the river and the you know, sitting on the island. So yeah. um, who knows what, you know, is going to show up. So I think I was just more excited for not knowing what was going to happen than anything else. Yeah. That's cool, man. Uh, I definitely want to, you know, once I get a, uh, a landowner's tag, cause someday I want to buy enough land to get a landowner's tag. Um, and that's a goal of mine as well is to shoot two deer in Iowa every year. I'd love to do that. Well, I guess technically you can shoot three, but, uh, three bucks um, but you get that that uh, landowner's tag, man. That's just a dream of mine to be able to shoot two archery bucks in the in the same year. Um, yeah, I actually, uh, uh, two years in a row now. I think I've shot. Well, 
last year, no, a few years ago, I shot one that was mid 140s off my property. Um, thought it was a lot bigger. That was just when I first owned, when I first got into the, that purse of that uh, property. Um, but uh, yeah, two years in a row now, I've shot both wall hangers off my farm, and it's been pretty cool. Yeah. What makes your farm so great? I mean, talk to us a little bit about the terrain. Talk to us about the vegetation. Is it like an all ag? Is it just big timber? What's the deal? So I'm surrounded by a lot of people who are all basically like me, um, just trying to grow deer, um, keeping everybody out for gun season. No one can gun hunt around my property anywhere, um, which is a good thing. We're all bow hunters. I have a bow hunter. We want to get the deer to grow. So we all kind of just pass pictures around and talk amongst ourselves. And, you know, we're kind of, we're right against the river. So, you know, you don't know what's coming up and down the river half the time. Um, yeah, there's, I would say there's a lot of corn, um, around us, but I have roughly 12 acres of what is considered organic, um, alfalfa. And for some, whatever reason, they love hitting that right before the rut. And usually I, I mean, the past couple of years, I've seen all my shooters, all my big deer right in October um and been able to get on them before even the rut kicks in yeah um what makes alfalfa organic or not organic so i i guess whether from what i i mean don't quote me on this but i guess from what i've heard from uh, a couple guys that were doing some testing on my ground that there hasn't been any human interaction with it yet there's been no chemicals put in the ground there's really hasn't been anything done to it yet so um it gets considered organic i guess so it just Uh, comes back every single year and you don't do anything to it yeah, but that's changing this year. We're putting corn in this year. We're putting, um, we're going to put a bunch of big tine in. We'll put uh, um, some beans in. I, I need a the late season out there is, is awful. I won't see a deer right after the rut. You won't see anything. Um, yeah. I got does. I don't know where the bucks go, but uh, it's quiet out there. Yeah, it's the same thing that happens. Although I think uh, shotgun pressure helps with the deer kind of leaving the farm that, uh, that I hunt, but um, uh, is the farm is that farm would you say holds holds bucks all year like except for that uh, that that late season time frame or do they summer on your property or are they somewhere else and then come to your property so it's kind of weird um i haven't owned it long enough to really give you a definite answer so it's only okay. been a couple of years i've kind of got it figured out but this buck i shot um i called captain and coke uh this past year he i didn't see him I shot my buck two years ago out of there. He showed up a week after I killed, I tagged out and I thought, where, where are you from? I haven't seen you yet. And I haven't, I didn't see him for an entire year until two weeks before I killed him. So he, for an entire year, I'd never saw him on camera. And then he showed up two weeks prior. So it was right in that October time frame again. So I don't know if he's just starting to venture out and look for does or what, but those bucks the past years in a row, they just love that October in my place. And I don't know why, but the does are there all year long. Yeah. Uh, tons of does. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we haven't had any issues with CWD yet or anything. I don't think so. That's been a plus. Man, I, I hope I've talked to another guy who kind of had a same, the same type of deal where I think it was 2019 or 2017, 18 and 19 for me personally, I had a buck show up and I hunted him uh, out of those three years. I hunted him really hard uh, for uh, during 18 and 19. And then he disappeared in 20 and I haven't had any trail camera pictures of him since then. Uh, I think it was, the, uh, it was like January 20, uh, January 2020 
was really? the last time that I had a picture of him. And then he just disappeared. Um, so I'm hoping, based off of what you've said and what some other guys have said, is like he just decided to go uh, to a different spot for 2020, and I hope he shows back up uh, this year. Um, if he doesn't, I'm going to just kind of write him off. But, man, he was, he's was he been the biggest deer on the farm in several years. Yeah, I, this is what I thought was crazy, too, is there were six, seven other people, I guess, trying to kill this deer that I killed on my own property. And I didn't really know that until the guys told me about that. And yeah. everybody had a different name for him. And for whatever reason, that time of year, they just like to come in hang out and they don't leave. Yeah. They're making scrapes. I, so I'm not, are you familiar with the um, company scrape stick at all? Uh, you stick it in the ground or? Yeah, like you, uh, you can use anything really, a, a T-post, a fence post. Okay. And okay. I just, it's like an applicator that goes on top and you, you just put a branch over it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I seriously rely on those scrape sticks hundred percent. And I put a couple of them up around my farm and, uh, just beat them all up. I piss on them every time I'm out there. Um, I piss all over them actually. And, uh, um, they just seem to cannot leave them alone. It, they've been, seriously, that's probably my favorite tool to, to use. Yeah. Um, I just put my cameras up right on them and they just keep coming in and out and hit that scrape, hit that scrape. And then uh, that's what he was doing when I shot him uh, last year. He'd just come in and wanted to get that scrape stick at 2.30 in the afternoon. I don't know why. I just wanted to go over there and mess with it. So yeah. uh, for some reason, they're addicted to him. Man, I tell you what. The more people talk about uh, starting mock scrapes, the more I do it. Because I always say, okay, I'm going to do a mock scrape here this year. And it's always half-ass. I never follow up on it. You know, it's like I'm never whipping it out when it's you know 12 degrees outside as i'm passing it you know i i don't i'm not i don't probably take care of them like i i do but i can see how a deer would because i've seen it happen in nature right just a buckle you think he's on this line but then he'll he'll go in 10 different yards or 10 yards in or out of his way to hit a scrape and then come back on the line Right. And it just, it's something that I just need to, to figure out and do because I, I honestly think it would probably help. Yeah. I've had the same, this one specific scrape. I've had it up for two years now. I keep opening it up and all times of the year I keep doing it too. And you should see the amount of dough that has come over there and scrape on it, piss on it, mess around, yeah. shit on it. And then you get, you know, towards September, October all them bucks are hitting that scrape stick and it's, it's awesome to watch and get on videos and post them to IG and it's, it's pretty neat. Yeah. When do you start running those mock scrapes? Um, I have them out right now, but, uh, I'll get real active with them here. Probably in, I'll probably start getting crazy in July. Yeah. And do you use any of that, uh, pheromone uh, that I comes out of their don't. head or just piss? Yep. I just piss on it myself. Um, I'll be drinking beer out there while my side by side probably changes some things up. So I'll have to piss anyway. And I just do it right there. Yeah. I don't care, man. Um, okay. You've talked me into pit. it. You've talked me into it. I'm going to, I'm going to get serious about mock scrapes this year. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun just to do. Yeah. And, uh, that's just, yeah, I just roll with it. Yeah. All right. I never, I'll put it this way. I said, I never actually, uh, my bow hunting background, I had it. I was self-taught. I didn't have anybody, um, in my family that were big bow hunters or anything like that. So, Same here. um, I've always just loved the old Drury shows. Um, just, you know, I was always like, man, I want to do that. I love deer hunting. I love gun hunting. But I was like, I know I can do better than that. I want to do better than that. And so I picked up a bow and it just took off from there. So, um, everything I've done, I've had to usually teach myself. 
yeah, that's the same here, man. Um, I didn't even have like, I can remember once I started getting into hunting, um, I used to maybe pick up, up, uh, a monster bucks VHS tape or something like that back in the day, but never a, a ton of them. I never really watched outdoor television even i just you know would hang with my uncles uh, on a very rare occasion and uh, run trap lines and, and stuff but never had any type of guidance uh towards bow hunting so that's why for several years i just ate shit every single year and i'd never killed anything and i was like oh it's driving me crazy and, and then finally you know it started to click i was able to make decisions you know, the process and, and, and making decisions based off failure and all that stuff. So, um, let's, I got a question for you though. Uh, before I forget when you, you say you communicate really well with the, the neighboring farms and the neighboring landowners, what, uh, was that something that was hard for you to do at first or was it, was it fairly easy to start sharing pictures and information to big deer? Well, so we communicate, but it doesn't mean we want to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it that way. Right. Um, to a certain extent, we communicate. I should put it that way. But uh, no, we're all in agreement of what we what our goals are. Yeah. Um, we, we don't want anything under 140 getting shot, obviously. Um, we're the only ones that can bow hunt that area. There's probably six, seven of us in that surrounding couple thousand acres there they got sitting out there. So um, we, we'll, we'll text back and forth a little bit or... Um, I guess I'm, I'm not texting them when I'm, when I've been seeing them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll text them when I shot them. So, <laughs> right. Right. I, I'm not gonna say they've been on my farm cause they can, you can hunt that fence line, you know, right next to ours. And it's just going to be a world war three. It's just not going to work out that well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we share photos and a little bit of, uh, content amongst each other, but, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll still stay pretty, pretty tight lipped. Yeah. So that's one thing that I've, I, I've recently been doing, man, I was pretty tight lipped about this, you know, the buck I mentioned earlier. Uh, I definitely did not share any pictures of him until recently after I think he's gone or dead. Um, I didn't, you know, even tell some of the other people that were in the area, um, except for one other person who hunts the farm with me, just curious if he, he had seen the, this deer and he never did. And so I've, I've been more open about sharing information with some of the uh, people who are just w basically one guy who I hunt with because I know that um, he's somewhat on the same level as me as far as, you know, age or, or the size of the rack or, or, uh, you know, those type, those types of scenarios. He's not going to be a pound in a 120 class, if that makes sense. So, oh yeah. So, uh, when you, when you're in communication with some of these guys, uh, do you guys ever show a picture of a deer and just be like, just to let you know, this is a three-year-old he's 145 or maybe even bigger. And I'm not going to shoot. I, I am personally not going to shoot him. Do you ever have those kind of conversations? Um, we, we do. Uh, we'll, we'll, it'll be mostly that we'll see each other on the ground roll and we'll say, hey, I've been seeing so-and-so buck and uh, uh, I'm passing him up this year. What's your thoughts? And they'll just say, yeah, we're doing the same thing. And, yeah. and everybody's in agreement, which is good. But who knows if he's going to go the next county over by season hits and he could shot. But um, there, there, was a, there was a lot of big deer um, around my area that got shot this year. Um, there was a really big eight point that got killed by us. That was not too far from my farm. And, um, I don't even know what it scored for an eight point. I, I would say upper one sixties for sure. Yeah. Uh, massive, 
yeah. massive deer. But uh, and I never seen that deer, but you just never know what's going to show up. But uh, yeah, we we are. Uh, I would say we do share some pictures and, and things like that. But you know, like I said before, it's they're old. The guys around me are older. Uh, there's a guy that's another guy that's my age, but he's not around a whole lot. But he owns a bulk of it around me. But you know, the older guys don't text a whole lot, so. We'll just talk to them on the side of the road or on the phone. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably, it's probably good to stay in somewhat of communication with a neighbor than no communication. Right. And say, Hey man, I got a trespasser or I got a guy on camera uh, on this farm. Uh, do you know of anybody who's been, you know, uh, in the area, like let's just say someone this time of year looking for sheds who's just not caring about boundaries at all. Uh, do you, do you ever run into that? We've, I've had some, some bad luck, um, with that. Yes. I think that road's a pretty big hotspot around my area. Um, I do know that the DNR watch it pretty heavily. Um, I'll say that out loud on here on the podcast. That way that some local guys that are listening know that, uh, (laughs) but yeah, we, it's, I get issues with more mushroom hunters than anybody. Oh yeah. I will say that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll back that up. I get more people on trail cameras during the spring, uh, but you know, they're looking for mushrooms, but they don't, they're not the people who are messing with my stuff and stealing my trail cameras. The last man, I want to say five years. I've had seven trail cameras or more. I don't even remember. It's been, it's, I think this year was eight. I've had it. I had a cell cam stolen. So eight, cameras in the last five or six years stolen one tree stand out of that mix and it was all in october so that tells me right now there's somebody who's maybe not supposed to be on that property and i've told the dnr and it just i kind of don't want to ever run into him you know for his own safety (laughs) yeah that's that's what happened to me last year i ran into uh i was just getting into my driveway and i saw a pretty new looking jeep and then i saw a guy up in my place had a bag full of shrooms and we got into it pretty heavily um it was pretty bad and i noticed he had little kids in the car and he was all tweaked out so i did turn him in man Uh, he said he was on he said he was on uh, private property he was on uh uh i guess there's so so far in a ditch you can be and i guess it's legal but with this case this guy was like 100 yards under my property he said this is part of the county so i said no i own this you know get the fuck out i'm gonna fuck you up so leave (laughs) um scenario yeah man i tell you what that's just a, a a freaky type of scenario to be in um man i was coming out of the timber one year this was man early 2000s i want to say like 2004 no it would have been like 2006 or 7 or something like that and i got permission from the landowner to go out there and start hunting and i park in the driveway right next you know right behind another uh, vehicle i go hunt i come back and there's two guys standing there in the dark and the only reason i knew that there was a second guy there is because i saw him lighting up a cigarette and I could, yeah. every time you drag that, that light would go off and, uh, or the, his cigarette would light up and they tried to strong arm me right then and there. And I thought I was going to get my ass kicked, uh, by these two, by these two guys. And you know, they tried to pressure me off. You know, we've been hunting here for 19 years and blah, 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 blah. You, 
you're not going to hunt here. I'm like, Hey, I just got permission. So if the landowner doesn't even know you're there. So, uh, uh, I talked to the landowner and he's like, yeah, I don't know who those guys are. Um, they probably had permission from my father-in-law who is dead. Uh, he was like 95 years old. He was dead. And, um, he, he's like, what? So he, he, he calls up the guys like, so when did you get permission? He was like, yeah, 1994 or something like that. <laughs> he's like, get off the property. So eventually, uh, they got kicked off and I had all this big land to myself and I was pretty happy about it. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's tough. I will say though, you know, even in agreement with, uh, even in uh, agreement with my, I'm going to backtrack a little bit here on you, um, with my guys, the guys that are around my area, um, it's good to have a good relationship there because when I did shoot my buck, he did get on the neighbor's property, jump the fence and he ended up dying across the fence. Yeah. So, um, even though legally in Iowa, we can go over and retrieve, you know, our animal without having to call the landowner. Yeah. It's good. To, I just had his number called, told him what happened and he goes, Oh darn, you know, I should have been hunting my farm and said, yeah, he could have, and could have been on him probably. But, uh, yeah, it, it's cool that way. So that's yeah. another good, you know, reason why I keep tight with these guys as well. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good deal. That way either. Yep. All right, I want to talk a little bit about this uh, Captain and Coke buck because um, was this another scenario where you just went to the tree stand and he showed up, or did you get uh, intel, like trail camera pictures, of him before you shot him? Um, so in the world of uh, cell cameras now, I yep. mean, it's, it's uh, a lot easier getting on him. I, I, think it's, I think it's, seriously, it's still cheating, but it's legal um, to, an ex- to an extent, but... Uh, I, I do think someday they will be outlawed personally. Yeah. Uh, but no, I was watching them for about a week and a half. And uh, the reason why we called him Captain and Coke, I told my buddy, I said, who was going to be filming for me, that uh, if we kill this buck, you know how many Captain and Cokes we're going to have? <laughs> he, he goes, so we switched the name we originally had for him and we changed him to Captain and Coke. I got gotcha. you. So. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, tell tell the story. I mean, you got some you got some uh, some cell cam intel. Was this like a same day thing or like a, a couple hours even? Um, he was there five days in a row, and I couldn't hunt that entire week, which was just eating at me. And I said, he's not going anywhere too crazy, but it's it's all he's all you know still at nighttime. He wasn't coming out in the daylight yet. So he's still so nocturnal. Was, yeah, he was still nocturnal as hell. But I said one of these days he's gonna gotta be moving midday or something in the bedding area that we're not seeing on camera he's moving around somewhere yep he's getting a drink there's a big pond a spring down there he's he's pretty comfortable there's plenty of does so i told my buddy i said hey let's head out at noon and let's sit the whole day and he's like ah, i don't know i'm like well i'm going i said i want to go out at noon early he's like yeah i'll go with you by the time we got up in the tree it was two o'clock and uh we're just doing uh the intro to uh the video and we're sitting up pretty high. We were pretty high up in that tree, thank God. And the wind was perfect for us. And uh, as I'm doing the intro, he turns his head around. My buddy does. Looks behind him. He said, Captain Coke right there, 25 yards. I said, no way. I can't see him as he's behind me. And he was coming right into us. Well, thank God he was with my buddy because it was a twig in my way. He had to pull out of the, out of the way for me. So then I just, you know, range find him. Picked up the bow, drew back, and the only issue was he stopped him for me, which I almost burned me. Um, I didn't know he was going to do that, but he, yeah. he's, 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 you know, he goes burp and stops the deer and right at 25 yards. And 
that's when he stopped and looked hard up at us. Yeah. And he was quartering to us really, really, really hard. I don't know if you can tell on the picture on my IG, if you look at him, there's, it looks kind of like a neck shot, like right by that front shoulder. Right. So what happened was he was hiding most of his body from me, but I just, I just wanted to stick it. I thought I stuck it right in there, which was perfect. You know, what it seemed to me was perfect. But when I hit him, I thought, oh no, that's not good. But the blood pour, I mean, the blood on both sides of him just started pouring out instantly. He just stood there, didn't move at all. And just, he walked away, which I knew he was hit good. But then he had like a burst of energy, jumped the fence and walked along the fence line. When he jumped the fence, that freaked me out. Yeah. I thought, you know, what part of the neck is everything happened so fast. You can't really remember everything, you know? And, uh, he jumps the fence and starts slowly walking then. And you can just see from where we were sitting to where he was at probably 150 yards, I'm guessing to 200. Yep. You can see blood on both sides, just falling right out of him. Man. And, uh, I've never gutted a bloodless deer before, but I did that day. It was pretty neat. Yeah. I did that same thing in, uh, um, when you say bloodless, you mean it, he bled out and when you gut him, there was nothing. There was nothing. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, so, man, I tell you, things that get me nervous is when I drill a deer and then they do something crazy, like like what you said, and they have this, you know, obviously they have this crazy will to survive. And I shot a deer. Man, what deer was it? I think it was 2012. I smoked him. I mean, double lunged him, maybe even got a little hard. I can't remember, but I smoked this deer. And he's he's he did that bound where he bounds bounds and he stops and he did the tail flicker i'm like he's going down right there and then he slowly and i mean slowly walks out of sight like i i saw him for 40 minutes and he just kept walking away until he disappeared and i'm like are you kidding me so at that point and i don't know what you were thinking i just like my confidence just tanked and i'm like i'm never gonna find this deer i'm never gonna find him what was going through your head when that happened? So for some reason, I didn't have any nerves yet or anything. Yeah. And I didn't really, I don't know what I was thinking at the time. I know what I wasn't thinking. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't good. Yeah. I thought, you know, I just wasn't what I wanted to do, but I said, let's just back out. Let's have an extra truck. Let's have a beer or two, relax. Just kind of get everything put together. Well, we get back just by the ground road to sit there for a little bit and wait for a couple of guys to help us look for the deer. If we, you know, if we're going to go pretty soon and, um, I had my adrenaline dump then and just couldn't slow my heart rate down. Just was all <laughs> yeah. pissed off and we had excited didn't really know what to think. And everybody said, it's all oh, you're, you're fine. And I'm like, no, I'm, I want to be negative because if I'm positive, it's not going to be good. Right. Uh, right. I'm going to stick to being negative. And, uh, you know, we end up waiting about two and a half hours, I think, and went to go look for him and he didn't, he didn't go for it. He, I think he went total 300 yards. Um, which wasn't bad. It was, there was, it's really just like, it was a big hay field or pasture. He went across, but walked, we just fought his blood the entire way to where he died. So, um, you know, it was for being a, not the greatest shot it ended up being a pretty darn good shot. So, um, thank, thankfully. So, but yeah, I, I switched up to this year. I ended up shooting rage hypodermics and, you know, I haven't shot a rage in years, but I, I'm probably not going to ever go back to anything else again. Those hypodermics, I, I don't care. They they do their job. Yeah. Yeah. It, you hit a deer in the right spot with the right gear, uh, they're going to – it can be pretty destructive, man. 
Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, I see where you shot them now. I finally looked on the internet, dude. I tell you what, some of those shots can be, some of those head-on shots, or even if you slip it um, hard-quartering away, like right behind the, the last rib up into the cavity, I mean, there's just so much junk, and especially if you break the diaphragm, right? Mm-hmm. There's so much junk in there that just destroys them. Yeah. Yeah. I, he, he was quartering too so hard. Yeah. And like I said, just hiding that body. And, but I, I could, we were, you know, you're that angle, you're high enough up. You're like, Oh, I can get into that, that, that body from my angle. And that's why I said it at. And I don't know, I don't really remember what happened to where I kind of hit him in that spot. Could, could it have been, I pulled my shot or he might've moved a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's dead, so game over. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, how old do you think he was? What uh, do you think he scored, or what did he score? Uh, he ended up scoring for an eight point. So he's a mainframe eight. Um, we actually have a unofficially, officially, let's put it this way, one fifty seven is where we think he's at. Um, that's gross. Right yeah, gross. Yep. Okay, cool, cool. How where he's at for mainframe eight? But we're thinking five and a half. Five and a half. Yeah. So. So you saw him for the first time as a, as a, you had Intel as a three-year-old? First time I saw him, he was actually going to be, he was three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I didn't see him from, yeah, it was only a couple of pictures and then he was back again the next year later in the same spot again. But, um, yeah, two years in a row, he uh, was in the same spot at the same time, but the time before I was not there when yeah. he was there. So. Cool, man. So, uh, congrats on an awesome season. I mean, just uh, two really good deer, one one doing what nobody else does, and then another one on your own property. That's uh, that's a big win for me. Do you do you think you'll be able to do that again? Uh, for for me, for you, uh, do you think you're going to be able to do that uh, again next year, this upcoming season? If we if we have the deer, I, I, right now I'll say about about my area. Um, he was the king out there. I, I don't. I know there's big deer out there. Time will tell on my place. I might not even hunt my property this year, depending on the deer. Yeah. I don't know what we have out there for caliber deer right now. There's, I haven't seen anything else bigger than that since, since then. So, um, I'm not really sure, but I will say there's a chance. I'm definitely going to be hunting the river again. Yeah. But I did pick, pick up a new property. See right now, I don't know what, what, about you or about anybody else, but right now I go to a lot of places trying to get new permission. So, yeah. um, this December and January and February is a good time for me to go door knock and no one else is thinking about anything right now. And yep. yeah, I just, I did that on a property that no one could hunt for close to eight to 10 years and just called the person on the phone. Didn't really know them at all. Found out they used to work with my mom in a factory when they were little and talked forever and ever on the phone for about 45 minutes. And she said, yeah, yeah, you can hunt this. I said, no way. So I'm pretty stoked to hunt this property. Um, it's not far from the river spot. I have, uh, that I just actually shot that buck at uh, back in November, but um, there's definitely some studs there. Yeah. So uh, this year has been a like a shit show for weather, you know. And obviously, I, uh, you know, it's lots of snow shit. We just had snow last night. We had uh, I talked with a bi- wildlife biologist, um, you know, uh, the other day talking about you know how deer survive and all this stuff. Um, have you been out to your farms since uh, all this snow to see, you know, if there's still steer, still deer movement? Have you been doing any shed hunting, any scouting? So I just way too much snow out here for anything. Yeah. Um, 
it, it is the weather just horrible but uh no i've had cameras up i am i have cameras up all year round um you know there's no off season for me for cameras um so i i know what's there and what's not there and what's not there's bucks right now yeah uh, i have a lot of does out there um i have seen not locally here um per se by my place but this county i've still seen quite a few deer holding yet so yeah um i'm not sure if that's what you're seeing yeah i i went out on saturday and i i didn't go crazy just because uh, some of the places that i wanted to go shed hunt or walk there was just no deer tracks so if there's no deer tracks, obviously there's not going to be any deer in the area. So I went to where the sign was, the fresh sign, you know, the the uh, predominant trails. I went into some bedding areas, just walked around, saw a lot of beds, uh, saw a lot of uh, trails coming in and out, and but didn't find any sheds, which kind of surprised me uh, because of the the amount of you know amount of uh, sign that was there, but. You know, it's can still be somewhat early, man. Uh, typically, I'm not finding a ton of sheds until that, I don't know, maybe the next five days, you know, five more days. And then it's, I typically start finding them. But uh, I, I, I don't shed hunt as much as I used to either. Yeah, I'm going to try and go a lot more this, this spring. But, uh, yeah, I'm probably not going to go out until end of March. Yeah. Probably early April, I'll probably be out there yeah, digging I think- through. Yeah, I think the snow is going to be on on the ground for a while. Yeah, it's not looking good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not. I mean, it's been pretty bad here. Because where are you at in Iowa again? You're not too far from me. No, I'm uh, I'm right in between Iowa City and Cedar Rapids. Yeah, that's right. So you got the same amount of snow, basically. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Last couple questions here, man. Um, what's Gator Outdoors? A lot of people ask me that question because uh, there's no Gators in Iowa. As you right. Know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I was in the industry, the hunting industry. Um, I got my feet wet uh, a few times with uh, some people in the business and some people that aren't in the business anymore. Uh, we'll put it that way. And uh, um, I really want to start my own uh, lifestyle brand and didn't know which direction to go. The good thing is my mom owns a graphic design embroidery apparel business, um, Gator Graphics. Okay. So... The, the name Gator is my dad's nickname. So they use the skater graphics. And I thought, how cool would it be to start my own lifestyle brand? I bought a building and uh, got some equipment in there. And we'll call it Gator Outdoors. So uh, went that route with it and uh, didn't really know what to do. So I ended up getting a photographer lined up. I ended up trying to get some content going. I get a page built. Um, we take a bunch of pictures. We get uh, just people doing lifestyle stuff here in eastern Iowa. Um, or even now we got, we got a bunch of people here. I don't, I don't call them influencers. We just have a bunch of guys just wearing our gear and killing shit. And they send us a photo and we post them. Yeah. Um, this is a legit lifestyle brand here in Eastern Iowa. And it's kind of catchy because you think of all these whitetail brands and everything's got the word whitetail in them or whatever it is, you know, or, or deer this, deer that. And you see Gator Outdoors, it's, it's you're not going to forget that name. Right. Cause it's not. This doesn't match the, the, the typical theme of what everybody's used to. So I had fun with that, but uh, we started out with the I logo. Uh, Jordan Johnson, a combination creative, uh, made that for me. And then we ended up, uh, I changed a few things, and I really liked our badge logo design. So right now we are co-branders with True Timber and now Carhartt. Oh, nice. Uh, 
Yeah, that's coming out of the woodwork. So our website is getting completely revamped. We'll have all new gear coming in in March. Carhartt will even be doing flannels with our logo on them. Oh, cool. So I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, I know a lot of guys like to hunt flannels now, and that's all the rave. So uh, we'll try and get them. And our logos are all on that. So it'll be real big in the black, you know, the logo in the back. And it blends in during hunting season. And it, it's, it's cool. It's, it's dope clothing. And uh, um, it's affordable. That's what I really wanted to do was outfit the working class in an affordable way. Um, everything's so expensive. Yeah, that's a fact. So, true timber. I, I don't know which kind of camo you wear a lot of or not, but true timber, um, we had a really good relationship. I tried uh, getting on board with, you know, in the beginning with some other companies and basically told us we're just little peons and we weren't going to be good enough and we need like a $250,000 uh, <laughs> down payment order to be anything. And I said, well, that's not happening. And I talked to true timber at ATA and sat down with them and told them what I was trying to build. But I said, I don't got much, but I said, I'm going to try and build as much as I can and, and do well. And we've, I've had great experience with them. They didn't make me do anything, but make sure that, you know, I have to sign agreements, a few things I have to do, but, um, yeah, they, they really, they really believe in us. That's for sure. And they'll share our posts and post us for us. And, um, they blow us up as much as they can. So it, it does help. I, yeah. I will say that, but, uh, um, yeah, we're just a strict lifestyle brand. Dan, and it's just, it's been growing and we're going to add a ton more gear and hats. Actually, we'll be at the Iowa Deer Classic. We have a booth. Cool. I'll be there too, I think. I'm pretty sure I'll. Yeah. So I don't see the. We'll be, we'll be right next to your buddies. Uh, we'll be next to Work Class Boner Podcast and we'll be actually real close to Scrape Stick as well. Oh, okay, cool. For sure. I'll uh, have to stop over and say hi uh, at that point. But um, yeah, dude. Uh, so you hunted this whole year. You got two deer. Is there a deer that maybe you passed or was a three-year-old or four-year-old that you just weren't excited about or, or gave the, the pass to that now, uh, hopefully he shows back up. Yes. Um, I'm not going to say where at, uh, I, I did, I have one that I passed up that was a double drop, um, that I've been watching for about two to three years now. Two to three and, years. Uh, yep, and he's always in this place gets gun hunted as well. Yeah. So I was really watching him for a long time. Actually, I just spoke to the person who shot him yesterday, two days ago. Um, they killed him during gun season. Oh. Which, which th- just killed me, broke yeah. my heart because I wasn't even going to hunt him again next year. I was let him go again one more year because he's going to the same spot. I mean, this deer is, was cool. Yeah. I mean, a double drop. I've always wanted one. That's on yeah. my bucket list. But no, I end up. Again, that same farm had a had a very nice, good-looking two and a half-year-old buck that I posted once on IG a few years ago, and he had 14 scoreable points at that time. Um, a bunch of palmation going on. He was a cool buck that now is dead too from gun hunter. So this farm, I do know there's one more deer there that I did not hunt that I think will be 180 next year. Ooh, buddy. So yeah, um, only problem is this, this farm is not. Uh, how do I say this? It's not a very good farm to hunt because there's nowhere. For, it's 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 in between two really good farms. Yeah. And you know they're just kind of flying through there and they're not really hanging out. There's nothing there but just tons of corn. Yeah. Um, and they don't need all that corn and or that's also right next to a river bottom and um, it's tough. So yeah. who knows? Who knows? We'll see, Dan. I I, I my, my plan is to get on them, but. Uh, that is like the only deer I can. Oh, there's another one too. I guess I, I'm watching, but that's equally as big. So, um, 
yeah yeah <laughs> i i hope i hope i can get up to him but uh, if not i'm definitely like i said before i'm jumping on the river again i want to spend some time there again yeah well it sounds like you at least have a little bit of a plan this early on in in the year uh you a turkey hunter at all yes i love turkey hunter actually we're going to be going to south dakota oh i don't even remember the dates uh johnny utah i'm not sure if you're familiar with him yeah i know the guy Uh, (laughs) yep me and utah and the buckstorm boys are all going to be in camp and we're going to try and get on some gobblers and um he he got a slam last year that was awesome i was with, with, with utah but uh um yeah we'll see what happens this year uh i'd like to get a miriam though i need one that's uh mount yeah that's on my list as well i got uh i got invited to go out and hunt rios uh one a couple years ago i turned it down the guy just because i I didn't have the time and because i i pretty much burn every bridge with my wife during the fall so that when april comes i i just don't even ask so i'll just hunt around iowa but uh uh, a Merriam and a rio are on my list for sure yeah, yeah. I want I me. Mean, I want all the species we can here in North America that I can mount and put in the shop. It'd be real cool. I just want one of each. You know, it doesn't have to be whenever. But um, I actually will tell you, I just got back, and I wasn't too excited about going on it um, originally because uh, it's like a four thousand acre pen. So I just got back from Texas down yep. there, and I didn't know anything about that stuff. Honey, I've never even done it um wasn't trying to boast about it or act like i knew what i was doing because i didn't i didn't know what i was getting into right i'll tell you what i had a great time yeah um, i had an awesome time it was not easy um people think it's oh, it's just it's easier now well it wasn't that easy i didn't think i and we hunted pretty hard um i got pretty lucky i got an ibex down there and i, I did get a mufon ram uh down there as well but uh you know it's just something that i'll never go do and spend the money to go somewhere else to do so yeah um I really just wanted an access buck, so there wasn't any that were, you know, caliper deer that I guess I could be bringing home. Yeah. I tell you what, I went to a, a high fence operation as well, man, a couple of years ago uh, for a, a, a press hunt, I guess you could say, a media hunt where they invite yep. people and then they, they do like, you know, they tell you about their brands and, and all that stuff. And it wasn't, I guess, I guess it wasn't my style of hunting, but I had a lot of fun doing it right it's like i probably would never i I got it for free i would probably never go out and spend that money on myself uh like to spend it spend that money i'd probably rather go buy a a big tag for elk or or some somewhere out west but it was i did have a ton of fun doing it so yeah i don't know i I will say one thing it wasn't a bucket list hunt originally for me was um was to go and do um, a red stag. Mm-hmm. But once I seen red stag in those in those in those fences, oh my lord, that's all I want to do now. Right. So you you want to go to New Zealand? Yeah, I'd love to do that, but I don't know anything about that or, or you know or who to get set up through. But I'll have to look and, and check it out. Yeah, I know that um, uh, they can get crazy big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty cool seeing them and just beautiful creatures and. Um, I don't know. We'll see one of these days. We do have a bear hunt uh, book this year as well. I do. And then uh, I actually fly to New Orleans for work where I have to bear hunt. So I'm going to actually ship my bow and my camel back home and then fly. So that's what I'm going to try and do. But uh, we got a bear hunt in Northern Wyoming. Uh, That'll be with Kurt and them guys at working class as well. I'll be on with them. Cool, man. That'll be a fun trip. 
Absolutely. Well, Wade, man, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on and BS with me for a little bit. Uh, Thank you very much, and good luck this upcoming season, man. Hey, appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode in the books. Huge shout out to Wade. Huge shout out to Vortex and Wasp and Ozonix and Lone Wolf. Huge shout out and the biggest shout out to you, the listeners of this podcast. Man, I really appreciate tuning in, downloading, following along and all that stuff, man. I, I, I'll, t- I'll say this, man. I, I just, I appreciate the attention, I guess, is, is really what it is and uh, the community that we've built. Because not only do I get to interact with you guys, but you guys are starting to interact with each other. And that's a community. And I love that. So uh, thank you very much. Be sure to subscribe to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, the Sportsman's Nation uh, podcast feed. Uh, follow on Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. Be kind to one another. Send good vibes out to the universe. You're going to get good vibes out back. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.